Batman Universe. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Batman Universe Podcast. This is episode 139. I am one of your hosts, Jamie McGow, Magoo Magoonical. And with me, as always, is Andy DiGenova. And we are in existence. And that's about all I have to say. We exist. And that's the show. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, There's nothing going on. So welcome. (laughs) If this is your first time tuning in, well, go ahead and tune out, because this is not going to be a good one. (laughs) Go back to to a simpler time. Yes, go back. When they're in news. You you know, like post-Comic-Con? That was a great time. It was a great time. Even last week seemed like it was going to be this kind of a week, but there's some cool stuff that, you know, like the news that you brought up. That was cool. But, uh... Not much this going week, on, week, man. I think we gotta. We're either gonna have to spitball a lot and just talk about whatever we want, which could be great for you listeners if you like to hear us gab and uh, just make crap up, or it could be horrible, which is this episode. We're calling it Mad Gabs. Mad Gabs with Jamie and Andy. Let's just sit and just pull out a Mad Libs pad and just play Mad Libs, <laughs> but Batman edition. Yes. Mr. Freeze. Yeah, it Gotham, could, it could work. Have you ever broken out an old Mad Libs? I did with my little nephew. Dude, I have... that's when you can just write boogers and farts, yeah. and, and they think it's the funniest thing ever. I There's one They're that, not wrong. No, no. They're not wrong. There's one that I did with my brother uh, when we were kids, and he, I think we still have it somewhere, and it's like every five years or so, we'll f- I'll find it, and it still just kills me. I'm like dying. <laughs> and it's the most childish humor ever. So either it's really that good, or the real answer... I'm just that immature still. So I think so, but that's okay. That's all good. We still love you for who you are. Thanks, buddy. At least I do. Yeah, you're... I can't speak to the listeners. One they, of the few. They think we're annoying. Yeah. you. They're not even listening. They've checked out. At this so. point, it's they're gone. Right. It's so fine. So we can say whatever we whatever want. Whatever we want. Let's no talk one, more of the Mad Libs. No one has heard it. No. Uh, so let's start with a little teeny teeny bit of news that we do have trickling in this week. Yeah, why not? So, uh, with little Batman v Superman. Little Batman v Superman news. So uh, Henry Cavill is making the rounds with his uh, new movie, The Man from U.N.C.L.E., that is coming out or just came out as you're listening to this. Yeah. Yes, which is allegedly excellent. Which yeah, I'm excited heard to hear awesome things. I was supposed to see it yesterday, but I was not up to it. Ah, I'm on the mend after a very long. Yeah, week. oh yeah, you were like, but yeah. So I, I skipped. Sick. I skipped a free screening of Man from Uncle. Ah, so you really were. I sick. told you. <laughs> no matter what Kyle I says, no. I was sick. That's like I said. It's so funny when you're like, I swear to God, sick at the most inopportune time. Yeah. People are like, oh yeah, you were sick, and you're yeah. like. What do I have to do? Uh, so there is an Andy-shaped indentation on my couch that will testify to my sickness. Sniff that indentation. It <laughs> smells like snot and illness. You don't, you don't get there unless you lay there for 12 hours straight. Okay? <laughs> Trust me. That is the scent of a man who did nothing for 12 hours That's to right. lay around and feel like badness. All right. Anyway, Man from Anyways, Uncle. Anyways, Man from Uncle. It's out there. We've talked zero bad news so far. Uh, we're getting there. Run a roll. We're building to it. Uh, so he was asked, he was interviewed by somebody from uh, Uprox and asked him some questions uh, about BVS, which of course they know is going to happen. Uh, being Superman, you don't uh, get interviewed and not get a su- Superman question asked of you. Uh, so they asked him from the Batman v Superman trailer that came out of Comic Con. Did it seem like the plot was tied into the destruction Superman causes and Man of Steel? 
You want to be Cavill on this one? I would like to say that Superman didn't cause the destruction, but he was present for it. Yeah, I... Uh, I have issues with how this question was an- asked and it, worded. It's a bit biased. It is. It's coming from a Up rocks. You're very come transparent on. here. Come on up. Guys. Uh, sure, I could be Henry Cavill, but sure. I'm, not, I'm not doing a voice. I, I'm, I'm kind of trying to put you up to accents to make and, me, and do a voice. Trying work. to make me the Martin Short of this. We're this just going to, we're just, yeah, we're just going to take all these clips of you doing these, and that's going to be your yes. your voice reel, and we're Perfect. that's going to transition you oh, right into voice work. Sounds like a great job. Done. So yeah. hey, you're welcome. Um, there's a big plan in place. This is what Henry Cavill. <laughs> yeah, I knew it. Henry, not me. Henry Cavill. There's a big plan in place at WB for the whole DC franchise, so all of this stuff ties in. They're not thinking from movie to movie. They're thinking from a big tentpole type thing, and each story has its own story, which is attached to the major issue. Yeah, there's a big plan. Groundbreaking. Just There's a big plan. Can you imagine? Straight from the Kryptonian's mouth. They're actually planning. Yes. Uh, Up Rocks then continued, well, based on that gif that went around, went around directly comparing the footage from the BVS trailer and Man of Steel, it just feels even more like a response. Did you see that gif? Cavill continued. Oh. <laughs> I've seen a lot of gifs. <laughs> You're doing it. Uh, but this one is neat. It shows Ben Affleck in the street watching. This upright guy just ain't letting up. Like no, Henry he's Cavill's not. like sidestepping the question, and he just keeps. Yeah, he's like, but this one's neat. But come on, man. Come on. No, he's he's after it. Uh, it shows Ben Affleck in the street watching the building getting torn apart side by side with Michael Shannon in Man of Steel, causing the damage, and they match perfectly. Cavill says, "Oh, cool." <laughs> like, thanks, thanks. I, I've. I've been on the internet before. Yeah. There's some neat stuff there. But Army Hammer says, oh, that is cool. That's very cool. That's a little Easter egg. Yeah. I don't know if that's an Easter egg. It's pretty overt. But. Yeah, I don't know. But we'll give it to them. They, you know, yeah. they're, they're trying uh, to do. They're trying to talk about a different movie yeah. here. Yeah, I'm talking about Man from U.N.C.L.E. So it's a dire- direct reference to what happened in Man of Steel, uh, says Uprox. And Cavill says, you'll see a lot of that. And Hammer says... I was wondering about that in the trailer. I was like, that's a big building that just got chopped in half, and that's for Man of Steel. <laughs> and Cavill says, that's when Zod loses his mind and can't control his heat vision and blasts everything out. Like, I feel like this, I, I would love to see the actual, like, interview. Yeah. Because this, these response feels, like, the responses from Cavill and Hammer feel so tongue-in-cheek. Like, what? I was wondering if those things would connect. Like, just... Like that, they're just completely being like. I love it. Like, what you do you think, idiot? What do you think, Jack? Like, yeah, like, hey, man, uh, yeah, they connect. <laughs> in case you didn't notice, I'm also Superman in Man of Steel as well as this movie. So yeah. there's some correlation there. Uh, no, but to, not to knock it too much. I mean, uh, it, it is a cool thing, and you know, unfortunately, what is Henry Cavill going to say? Like, other than that, uh, so yeah, there's nothing really to draw from it other than. Oh, neat kind of thing. Right. So, so there, there were a couple other little things that were out there that, um, because Cavill's doing all the press for Man from Uncle, uh-huh. he did confirm that uh, prep for Justice League starts in January. Oh. So that's interesting, you so know. Why, do th- why does this news, like, not surface when uh, I'm looking? There's a lot. Of- why does this ridiculous, like, nothing article... Like, bad news finds me. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going I feel to say. Like, I feel like it's kind of really hit today, and you did these last night. Yeah, that's true. So, 
Uh, yeah, today, that's that's a good scapegoat. Thank you. Going with that. I got your back. Thank you, buddy. Uh, so there's that. The fact that it, that uh, Justice League starts prep in January to shoot in the spring, which we already kind of knew, but mm. nice to hear confirmation. Yeah. Apparently, he talked about his Superman diet. Uh, I didn't read the details. I just imagine that it involves very little actual food. Um, <laughs> lots of protein. Lots of protein. <laughs> protein shakes. Uh, and then, so, so you know, we're just getting these little tidbits as he's out there doing the press for Man From U.N.C.L.E. And then there was another story that hit about a Wonder Woman. Did you see this? Yeah, but it was it was El Mayimbe, yes. and I didn't want to... Hollywood? It was like, he... It was two layers of his scoops. So it was him building on his quote-unquote scoop that Wonder Woman would be fighting Doomsday. Right. And then he added to that and said that not only would they be fighting, but she would actually cut off his arm and that a blade would grow back in its place and all of this other stuff. And it just was so... Like unfounded and like yeah. just like he was just layering his own nonsense that mm-hmm. I just I left it out. I just okay. was like I All was right. like I don't even know like I don't want to touch this one. No, that's fine. Just... I didn't even read the details of it because yeah. I saw where it came from and frankly I'm trying to not be spoiled. But basically, what I got was that you know in the trailer we see Wonder Woman is fighting someone or something we didn't know right. what it was. More rumors that it was Doomsday, which is the most that I will rumor. I will take probably with the most validity or you know it just it's oh, okay that seems likely I mean, or like that that's could the name we hear the most yeah so which seems reasonable yeah but the details and all this stuff and especially coming from heroic Hollywood source it's just it's like yeah it's a slow news week so what do you do let's you throw stack, some nonsense out there stack yeah. your nonsense uh, so yeah so we'll see uh, obviously it's still pretty uh, thrown around who the uh, other big bad of this movie could be, but looking like Doomsday is a big, a big uh, contender for the most likely or popular opinion for yeah, for seems that. likely, yeah. So that's that's it. That's, that's it, it for BBS. That's for BBS that's right it. now. That's buckle up, kids. Uh, yeah. So moving on to uh. Suicide Squad, Jim Parrick, uh, the actor. Most well-known from True Blood had been cast a while ago. Some people thought he was playing Deathstroke. Uh, It was never confirmed. Mm -hmm. And so now, apparently, it is confirmed that he is, in fact, cast as the Joker henchman Johnny Frost in Suicide Squad. So Jim will play Johnny Frost, one of Joker's henchmen, who was created for the 2008 graphic novel Joker, written by Brian Azzarillo and illustrated by Lee Bermejo. He's the actor seen leading the Joker through what looks like Arkham in the SS trailer, it all makes sense. Yeah. So, so cool. So that's, it's, it's cool because it's like, they're pulling, obviously, this is, he's from that, that comic book, that Joker comic book, um, which I think a lot of people have drawn more recently, like, ideas about the Joker and, and who he is. It's been a, a pretty uh, pivotal book uh, as of late. So it's, it's a cool, like, it's a neat pull to have him, obviously. It's like, who is that person leading him through this? Right. And then when you learn more about um, this character, in which I put this in here because I didn't know a lot about... I actually haven't read that comic. I didn't know about uh, Johnny Frost. And so I put the wiki in here about his character so we can kind of breeze through it if you want. If you want. <laughs> I just... I'm letting it, letting it flow, man. Yeah. Just whatever. So for people who don't know Johnny Frost, I'm not familiar. I haven't read Joker. I've okay, got, good. I've bought Joker, 
and it's on my iPad. I just have not gotten to oh, it. Oh, really? So yeah. it's, it's there, just yeah. waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's what uh, Wiki said about Johnny Frost. A low-level thug is sent to Arkham Asylum to pick up the Joker. Joker immediately takes a liking to Frost, using him as a chauffeur. Frost drives the Joker to the lair of Killer Croc. The three go to the Grin and Barrett Strip Club, which was formerly owned by the Joker. With the help of Harley Quinn, the Joker kills the new owner, asks the shocked audience if they're willing to help him take his city back. The next morning, the Joker robs a bank and coaxes the Penguin to invest the stolen money. Uh, This is a lot of information just about Joker... Uh, eventually, it, it leads back into. Yeah, eventually, Frost is detained by a Harvey Dent slash Two Face, who warns Frost that the Joker will kill him. Subsequently, Frost is late to the Joker's meeting with the Riddler. Uh, they exchange a briefcase, and the Joker leaves. Once on the road, the Joker's crew is shot by an off-duty cop. Uh, by off-duty cops hired by Dent, and Frost saves the Joker's life in the scuffle. So Frost is kind of like the Joker's right-hand man. Yeah, like, and he he's clearly, at least in the, this isn't the entire synopsis of that arc, uh, but he's clearly a pretty huge role in that story, and yeah. the story starts with him and and kind of leading the Joker around. So um, just in leading and in, in reading this, I was like, Oh, cool! Like that—that that yeah. actually that shows his character may or may not, but more likely holds some weight. If not, it could be one of those things where he is just some guy that's like in codes with the Joker or, or a follower, mm-hmm. the Joker, the Joker, and uh, and then they just use that name, and then he's like a throwaway, right? Uh, which they've done. Uh, and, I mean, and do. I think I think you wouldn't hire a recognizable actor like this unless he had a little bit of. Yes. A little bit of substance in the story. I don't expect I it to be major, but it, yeah, but enough, especially because they, you know, because why go to the trouble of pulling this character out anyway? Right. A lot of times they don't even give these henchmen or these go-alongs names. Yeah. You know, like unless it's necessary. His obviously he has a name, and so it's it's probably going to be uh, a pretty uh, at least some somewhat important role in the movie. Is yeah. My guess. The, the best tweet that I saw when this came out was it said. Uh, Yo, Jim Perrick, I'm going to let you finish, but Bob was the best Joker henchman of all time. <laughs> That's true, man. Poor Bob. Bob the goon, man. What a bum rap, dude. Like, that that sucks. Like, I, I always felt bad for Bob. Like, I know. He's very he, loyal. Yeah, he's super loyal. And then just, like, I mean, tribute to the an- insanity of the Joker, but, like, some just that one moment that is literally not Bob's fault, right? Like not yeah, him yeah. at all, and he's just taken out just like that. I'm like, at least take Bob out when he makes a mistake, right? You know, give him the benefit of the doubt. Just because Batman has cool toys doesn't mean Bob needs to. Anyways, we love you, Bob. We We're miss, sorry. We miss you, Bob. We miss you, Bob. You weren't so bad. I mean, he was he was his number one guy. He was his number one guy. He was there from the beginning. Yeah. Before he turned. I know. You know? Now Johnny Frost is the Joker's number one guy. Yeah. It's not looking good for the number one guys, for the most part. You either become the Joker, or you you die by the Joker. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of Just how it works with the number one mo- guys. Be more selective with your employer, is my yeah. advice. Bob could have gotten out of there. Yeah. I feel like like the second he dropped into that vat, you know, he could have been like, maybe uh, you, you, seem, like, the you seem a little different. See if the penguin needs uh, anyone. <laughs> see if he's hiring. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know what, guys? I'm, I'm done with this life of crime. Let's uh, 
I'm going to go ahead and say, let Napier do his own thing from now on. I'm right. not, I'm not doing this Joker thing. Okay, so moving on, uh, this is kind of leading into the whole um, Joker storyline uh, a little bit. Uh, a little bit of other movie news with Tom Hardy, who we love, who is... Uh, He's effing alley. Effing alley, man. Yeah, effing alley. Uh, he, we finally know a little bit about uh, what... DC product, uh, project he's going to be working on. He kind of hinted that he was doing something else uh, with DC and Warner Brothers, uh, and we didn't know kind of where he would be in the universe. It was related, and it sounds and like... It's something we would have never guessed. No, it's absolutely different. Uh, but it does sound cool, uh, and this is a book. It's called uh, 100 Bullets, and it's a movie adaptation of that book, uh, which was written by... Brian Azzarello and Eduardo Risso, who, um, you know, obviously Brian Azzarello is the one who wrote The Joker that we were just talking about. Uh, so obviously his work is 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 making making some uh, some uh, yes, heavy statements it is. In, the, in the world it today. Is. It's so, influential. Yes, that's the one. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, so. So yeah, he's he's super pumped about it. He spoke with the Hollywood Reporter about it a few months back, and basically he was quoted to say. Uh, and I quote, I actually got something cooking with Warner Brothers, which is also a comic book. It's a DC thing, which is kind of, it's really good, actually. It contains elements of all kinds of stuff from, I got mixed from up. Oceans from Ocean's Eleven to Batman. You can get all the rappers out, and it would be a big, really cool Technicolor Pulp Fiction. It's a psychological F-fest. It's absolutely awesome. It's as if you would make... Or take Trans Metropolitan and make it happen. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't either. And it's not that out there. It's something mu- which is much more real world. It could be like heat. It could be effing awesome. <laughs> so, in typical uh, Tom Hardy fashion, yeah, you know, just just super pumped about his work, what he's working on. Um, I've never read this book. I didn't even know I've about it. I've never even heard of it. Yeah. No, I'd never heard of it. It's a Vertigo comic. Uh, I'm definitely interested in checking it out. Um, Brian Azzarello, he also did the run, him and uh, Eduardo Rizzo. Uh, Rizzo, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Uh, but they did the run on the Flashpoint uh, Batman, which is ah. excellent. I loved that that arc. It was very dark, very noir feel, just probably like this This is. Um so yeah, and I put the wiki on 100 bullets. This is how barren this week is. That's man. good though. I appreciate the extra cuz I I didn't do this research on my own. So this is good. Yeah, I didn't know anything about it. So, um if you want to know about 100 bullets, here it is. Buckle up. All right. If so not, skip 30 seconds. <laughs> maybe a minute. Uh the core concept of 100 bullets is based on the question of people willing to act on the desire of violent revenge if given the means, opportunity, and a reasonable chance to succeed. Many of the first issues involve the mysterious Agent Graves approaching someone who has been a victim of a terrible wrong. Graves gives them the opportunity to take revenge by providing a handgun, a hundred bullets, and documentation about the primary target responsible for their woes. He informs the candidate the bullets are completely untraceable by any law enforcement investigation, and as soon as they found are found at any crime scene, investigations will immediately cease. Although all the revenge murders enabled by Agent Graves are presented as justifiable, the candidates are neither rewarded nor punished for accepting the offer other than their own personal satisfaction. Several people decline, but others who accept find varied success or failure. The attaché... 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. And Graves' games, quote-unquote, are later revealed to be only a minor part of a much broader story. Uh, so, pretty cool. It's, yeah, that's kind of interesting. It's kind of an interesting... We've seen kind of variations of this style of story before. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean... Hardy being involved in something like this, I think he could bring some, yeah. some cool stuff. I, I feel like it... I don't know why my mind, probably just the noir fashion, I guess, or the kind of story it is, it feels like mentally I'm thinking of like a Sin City kind of thing. Yeah, so am I. That's kind of where my brain goes is is a Sin City, but I can see what he means here with like Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Because you could imagine all these other smaller interlocking stories where Hardy's agent is kind of the the main connective tissue and then yeah. it all kind of comes together at the end. Right. So I think, yeah, there's a lot of potential here. It sounds intriguing. I, I like the idea and I like the premise. Uh, not going to lie, I would have rather seen Hardy take on a more iconic role from yeah. the DC universe yeah. it, than, it than a, this random little kind of offshoot. Yeah. But I still will totally go see it. it sounds yeah. good. Totally, yeah. It's a, it's a bit of a disappointment for those of us who were hoping that he basically made his way back into the DC universe as or the Batman universe, uh, more specifically, as some kind of a villain or some cool character. But, you know, you never know. It's a big future. It is. Us. There's a lot going on. It's a on. great, big, beautiful tomorrow. This is something that he could easily do that's not connected to the DCEU yeah. And he could still do something else. Yeah, you know? totally. Yeah, absolutely. The guy, he, could, he could still be Ocean Master and Aquaman. Totally, man. Bring him back. Just keep it running. Just yeah. put him in two two different characters in the same movie. I don't care. <laughs> I'm fine with it. He can do it's it. It's fine. <laughs> I'm fine. It's fine. Uh, uh, so, a little bit of Flash news. Well, you, you jumped over to a little bit of uh, Joker news? Or no, was that, from that last was a week? mistake. I didn't erase it. Okay, never mind. So, yeah. moving on to some Flash news. I know, I wish that was that Some was TV, TV Flash. Yeah, it went Flash, because, you know, we're slow this week on Bat News. This is Batman U, in my, uh, in my opinion. And, well, uh, it's, it's all DC live action, and, and you know, we, we're into it, so it's all good. Totally. And The Flash is a wicked cool show. It's such a good show. This is a wicked cool image. This is really wicked cool. Wicked cool. Yeah. So wicked cool. It's so wicked cool. Um, we, we had already learned that Jay Garrick, the original Flash, was going to make his appearance in season two of the show. He was teased during the season finale of mm-hmm. The Flash, which mm-hmm. was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now we have our very first look of Teddy Spears as Jay Garrick, the Flash from Earth 2, in a new badass image paying homage to The Flash number 123, The Flash of Two Worlds. So right here you got this great side-by-side comparison of the original comic book cover. So you've got Barry Allen, traditional Flash on the left. On the right you've got Jay Garrick Flash. And then in the foreground is... is uh, on the cover, I think it's like a man who needs to be rescued, and then you've there's got, like a big pillar like coming towards him, like right. or like a pylon, you know, an I beam. This one, it's like they did fire or something. I don't. It was kind of weird. Yeah. So, and then on the uh, then there's an actual live action recreation of it with Grant Gustin as the Flash on the left, Teddy Spears as Jay Garrick on the right, and then they replaced the uh, the man in the foreground with a woman. Uh, but a really cool recreation of this this old classic comic book cover, and what a great way to reveal this new character for season two. Absolutely, yeah. I think a, it's really a cool. Very cool nod. Not exactly the same, but who cares? It's damn close. Fine so, by me. Yeah. Um, 
Any idea who you think the the female character is? It seems like there was a point to making that a I, I, female. It's, it's not anyone from the current show. Maybe that's Felicity from uh, from Arrow. That's who it looks like. That's what it looks like. It looks like her, yeah. so it could be. Yeah. Who knows? Eh? That's right. Mm-hmm. She she and Barry have had a yeah a very on again off again past. So it a, it yeah. could be her. A little bit of a tease. Look, it could be a you know a little uh, uh, competition going on. Oh, <laughs> like like in Batman and Robin with with Pamela. Oh, let's oh, we can man. only keep our fingers crossed. Man, some dramatic pay dirt there. <laughs> oh God, it's great stuff. <laughs> let's. We love drama, right? Just, Isn't that the CW? You just can't stand that she wants me instead of you. Yeah, exactly. Bruce. Uh, Bruce. Uh, <sighs> so fun. Can't wait for season two of The Flash, totally. which I believe starts in October. Um, moving on, also DC on TV, Supergirl. Supergirl. So a little bit of news regarding Supergirl. Not a lot, uh, but CBS chairman Nina Tassler... Uh, spoke on uh, the fact that Gotham and Supergirl will be sharing the same time slot. Uh, and they basically said, you know, kind of people were commenting on the fact that um, it's interesting that they're competing time slots considering they're, you know, same universe, you know, is and kind of what the deal with that was. And she said, well, I think that there are different, audience, uh, different audiences. I think Supergirl has a much bigger, broader audi- audience it's more family entertainment. They look different. They feel different. We had 14.1 million streams of the Supergirl trailer. I don't think anyone is worried about, oh, my God, there's not enough audience out there to watch those shows. I think there will be. So, eh, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's, uh, I, I will, I you know, I can easily say that, yeah, I agree. Like, that definitely reaching out to a broader audience, um, you know, as far as this is more... Um, I would say female oriented, obviously, and female friendly, maybe, if I may be so bold. Uh, but I don't know. Yeah, it's and and in the reality in this world of DVR, that's what it I was doesn't say. even matter. It doesn't. Does it really it matter? Even like matter. it's because I don't watch any of them live, so it doesn't matter. I watch I'll, I'll some record live, them both. I'll record yeah. them both at the same time and then watch them that evening. Yeah, like uh, if it works out that I'm watching TV at that time and it's on, then yeah. I'll watch it at that at that time. Uh, but yeah, whether or not, which one I would watch before the other, probably the episode that I had, if there was one that I had seen more recently and that I knew what was going on, I'd choose that one. But um, yeah, I don't know. So again, sorry, not much news. It's, it's, it's all right. It's trickling in. It's okay, man. Just trickling along. Moving on to comic books, there's some details of Frank Miller's Dark Knight 3, The Master Race. So, a little details about this. DC Comics is proud to present the debut issue of Dark Knight 3, The Master Race, one of the most ambitious projects ever from a major American comics publisher. This is <laughs> this is very press release. They're really selling. Yes, here are the details. <laughs> uh, each issue of Dark Knight 3, The Master Race will include a 32-page standard format comic book that will measure 6.625 inches by 10.1875 <laughs> inches. I think this is the press release. It is. It is. It. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, also, <laughs> 10 point that is one eight seven five. I like, never knew that that was the standard you, size. You gotta have that seventy five thousandths of an inch in there. Like, yeah. Everyone needs to know those. Thank God. Specifics. 
Uh, also a 16-page mini-comic with no interior ads that will measure 5.5 inches by 8.375 inches. Uh, the mini-comic... Get your frames ready. There you go. <laughs> 8.375. The mini-comic will be tipped onto an insert and bound into the main comic. After the release of each issue of Dark Knight 3, DC Entertainment will release a volume of the Dark Knight 3, the Master Race Collector's Edition, that will collect both the main story and the mini-comic from the latest issue as a single title measured 7.0625 inches by 10.875 inches with both stories presented at the same trim size. What the hell, man? That's so bizarre. Can I just say what the hell? You can. Please do. Why? I'm not disagreeing with you. It's really weird. Uh, After the first seven issues, or after the first seven collector's editions have been published, DC Entertainment will ship a special slipcase designed to hold the entire set with the eighth collector's edition. They are really blowing it out with all I'm these. I'm confused. I'm, I am too. And I, I'm so I, confused by this. This seems really complicated. I, think I just want to buy a comic book and read it. The truth is, man, I didn't read The Dark Knight Returns Part 2. Um, Me either. I think a lot of people haven't. No. I think that some people are excited about this um, just, just to see what will happen. And obviously with The Dark Knight Returns being such a huge book, the original... Uh, but they're really like the little knickknacks and the specifics feel like more of a sell than the actual book. Yeah, and especially this um, slipcase deal that's designed to hold the entire set is definitely going after collectors. Oh, like, yeah. like whoa, like that's a that's a good call on their part. Yeah. I gotta hand it to them because completing the set is how you get people to buy crap all the time. Oh yeah, because. It's like, oh, here's a, here's a beautiful slipcase for your first seven issues. Yeah. And it's the only way to get the eighth one. Yeah, exactly. Well, well la da You've done your How homework. notorious. <laughs> yeah, you devils. And here's what I will do. Wait until it's all out and on sale on Comixology. There you go. Sorry. Sorry. No, you're still buying it. It's fine. You're still contributing. I still need to read DK2. It's okay, What's man. it called? Dark Knight Strikes Again? I think it is. I think maybe. I think it is. Dark Knight Strikes Again. I've still never read that. The Dark Knight Strikes Back. Emperor <laughs> Edition. I don't know. Palpatine uh, Edition. So anyway, if you are really psyched for Dark Knight 3, the Master Race, which is a very Will you sell it? Will somebody sell us on... If you are a fan of the second Dark Knight, the Dark Knight Returns, I should say, the second volume... Dark Knight whatever, Strikes Again. Dark Knight Strikes Again. Will you sell us on it? Yeah, and, write, and write good, it and, and tell us, us if know. we should check it out. Because I'm not, I'm not. I've really never s- heard anyone tell me to read it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not speaking on behalf of saying like, oh, I've heard it so bad. I've heard very little, and that it just doesn't live up. Uh, but if somebody has an opinion on it, I'd love to hear it, and and maybe it'll drive me to just to you know, like, give me the little cliff notes here, maybe. Not big spoilers, but yeah. maybe they'll maybe they'll get a, something to intrigue us. Maybe they'll get a collection collector's edition. So our, purchase out of me. Is it safe to assume you're not going to get DK three? Well, if I'm sold by one of our listeners, maybe by DK two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Hey, hey, let's Warner Brothers, call your guys. That's right. Send us a copy. <laughs> There's one potential sale right here. Maybe two sitting right on the show. Yeah, I know you care. You totally care. You care. You do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yep. 
So that's that. Uh, oh, the did you get the last part? No, last part. Uh, DK3 will also feature a dazzling array of variant covers by some of the biggest names in comics today. And for the first time ever, this is going to sound exciting, DC will offer custom store variant editions to qualifying retailers. It's not as exciting as it sounded. Mm. Watch for more information coming soon. I wonder how you qualify. I don't know. They like. Do you think they send a group out and they like look at your storefront? They like, do. It's a little dusty they over approve, here. Approve it. Could the white you, glove. Could you get? Could you get a bat, bat glove test? If you could get the shop back over here and do this corner, yeah. you'll qualify. But if you if you're not willing to negotiate, I, I've that, noticed then I'm sorry. that uh, you put Marvel in front of DC, yeah. so we're it's not going to work out. Yeah, this is. I'm so sorry that didn't that didn't work. Yeah, see if you can get that special edition group good number l- two. Yeah, good luck qualifying out there, retailers. Good luck. Um, moving on to other stuff. Uh, there's a new documentary on Heath Ledger out, uh, titled Heath Ledger, Too Young to Die. And uh, circling the internet right now is a YouTube video, uh, a portion in which his father uh, basically goes through his journal that he kept, his diary, uh, which he you know created in, in kind of the spirit of, of creating his Joker persona. Uh, and a lot of people, you know... A lot of people speculate that, you know, that was kind of what drove him crazy and that it was a suicide. I'm not of that opinion. I think that was just, uh, you know, a testament to, obviously, his commitment to doing the role and making it his own. And um, so it's kind of a kind of an interesting thing and kind of a sad, a heartbreaking thing, you know, to see. Did you watch it? Yeah. I didn't. I. It's not too it sad. It seems morbid to me. I don't know. Really? Like, I, I, it just seems weird to me. It's like, let's dig through a dead man's stuff. Uh, it didn't. Know. It didn't feel tasteless. I'll, I'll I'll tell you that it's it's like, you know, it's just this moment where his his dad is talking about Heath uh-huh. and and saying, oh, you know, he always did this and he really he always committed in this way that was very much like him yeah. and kind of it's not like I'd rather see it's that gratuitous like a nerd like trifling through his yeah. pages and being like, oh, look at this, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, some of the articles written about it are that way yeah. where like there's a page that says bye bye at the very end and everyone's mm-hmm. like oh it's so ominous do you think he meant that it's like no it's the end of the journal guys like he wrote bye bye big and big scribbles because that's the end like that's he's he's clearly writing it in character you know yeah. or like yeah. in the spirit of the character um, I'd rather see his diary for a night's tale really if this is his process yeah I, that would be or, or ten things I hate about you. I want to hear how he got into the brain space of his character from Ten Things I Hate About You. It could be cool, man. Could okay. you uh, that, that journal? Let me know when that documentary. A lot less right. dark. I promise yeah. you that. Yeah. Like the part where he's singing in Ten Things I Hate About You, like like he has a little drawing of him running around mm-hmm. on the stands yep. and yep. and singing along. He's like, I want to do this scene. Like and this it, is just a in, delight. And instead of bye bye, it just says and a one and a two and a good. <laughs> like. This is this is wonderful. Yeah. So anyway, I, I didn't watch it. I mean, yeah, for people who are curious. I, I wasn't even curious. I'm just like, you know what? I don't need to know. I'm, yeah. No, uh, it's uh, totally, I totally get it. Um, you know, I, I'd i be interested in the documentary. Uh, and I guess, you know, it's all, uh, that title, Too Young to Die, is, you that, know. That's just it. Like, if it was, I guess I guess if it was a document, documentary that was, like, about a celebration of his life, and maybe it is. Maybe it is, but the ti- title the title very... doesn't feel that. Way. No, I agree. And so if it was if it was just about like celebrating who he was as a person, I think I'd be more interested in it. Yeah. But this feels a little more like sleazy, like like oh, let's like 
again, let's kind of look in at the, the dead guy stuff. I yeah. don't know. Like it's, it's, no, no, I totally hear you. And it um, could just be the title. Well, maybe there's maybe that documentary reveals more about Heath Ledger that we didn't know. I mean, the yeah. guy obviously partied and stuff, but it didn't seem like he had some huge, like, massive drug problem or mm-hmm. anything like that. I mean, he died. He didn't die doing heroin. He died mixing prescription drugs. You know, yeah. it's a very Hollywood way to die. You right. know, like, it's right. not to say that it's, un, you know, I think you guys get what I'm saying, probably. Uh, but yeah, that absolutely. Yeah. Like, it's. It w- I hope it is a celebration of his yeah, life. Yeah, I'm mean, interested and, in seeing and, and it. And, yeah, and there's nothing wrong with was. that. You know, like, yeah. you know, like the movie Dragon, the Bruce Lee story. Did you ever see it? Great movie. Yeah, great movie. Totally. But it's like celebrating what he did and what he achieved and who he was and you know how he lived. Yeah, and like, and like he, it's, just his and, very like his mantra. Yeah, and, and even like at the end of the movie, this is totally awesome. But at the end of the movie, he's like, you know, like we, you know, everybody wants to know how he died, but I'm much more interested in how he lived. And I, like to me, that's what it should be about. Well, yeah, and and the truth is, is like. You know, when you find out, it's like, uh, you don't really, you know, because that's one of those deaths, too, that, like, a lot of people, oh, you know, they think that it's, like, shrouded in mystery and stuff, but it's really just not talked about just yeah. because who he was as a man was way more important than the way he died, because the way he died, was it wasn't some grandiose, spectacular, right. Right. you know, or a cry for help or anything like that. It was just, unfortunately, he, he, he did die young, yeah. but, you know, like, in this... So I agree. I hope that this is in that same spirit. Right. Uh, so, so so Batman news. There you go. So Batman universe. About Bruce Willis. <laughs> Bruce Lee. <laughs> Bruce Willis. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Uh, here's a little fun the little spiral. casting news. This was probably the best news of the week. This really is. <laughs> and I've seen some people who are like, what? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, what do you? Okay. Following, following I'm getting the, ahead of myself. Following the last last uh, news, um, voice acting news, this yeah. is apropos. It is. Like, it's so it cool. is. So, Lego Batman is getting a movie. Lego Batman was hysterical in the Lego movie. Lego Batman, the games are hysterical, so he's getting his own movie. Um, they've cast the voice of the Joker, mm-hmm. and it is none other than Zach Galifianakis. Wow. Uh, but for a franchise that is just so silly yeah in all respects to oh. me this seems like a great choice for the Lego Joker now if he was cast as like live action Joker mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't be nearly so supportive but for this right. I'm like yeah great yeah, that no, sounds good exactly it just it just shows the strength that of these characters and all of the de- especially I think especially Joker and Batman um, the kind of are like the different the the spectrums, you know, like the different ends of the spectrum that you can go with Batman and the Joker, um, where we have seen them go from the the uh, Caesar Romero version, you know, where it was, um, you know, very fun. I mean, horrifying to some, you know, at the time and. Uh, uh, Reno I mean, Romano it was creepy, talked about but it. in a different way. Yeah, yeah, like he was talking about how he was horrified on on your show uh, right. by him. But like it was, you know, you see that Joker versus the Heath Ledger Joker. They're both awesome, though. Like yeah. they're both both such great celebrations of these characters. And if you've played any of the Lego Batman games, or if you watch the Lego Movie, like it's perfect. Yeah, because yeah. The, the Batman is so tongue in cheek. Like, oh, total. if you take that serious at all, then like. You don't know Batman, truthfully. Yeah. Like, if, the, if you love it, more than likely you do know Batman. I mean, it's because of that. I, I don't know what I'm saying, but it's no, it I'm is. An idiot. It's but but I mean, yeah, look, I love it. Look at the Lego Movie and look at how funny Batman was in that. And to your yeah. point, very tongue in cheek. But even Superman and Green Lantern, like they had fun with all of them. They're gonna have fun with the Joker here. Yeah. 
plus plus all these guys. I mean, Michael Sarah, Zach Galifianakis, and uh, um, what's his face that's doing Will that? Arnett. Will Arnett. These are all comedians. They like. I hope that they get in a room and record together for this stuff and just play off of one another because yeah. I, th- I think it'll just make it so fun, you know? I, I like I think these be, guys. Yeah. They're very funny guys. They're funny guys. They're good Only guys. Only kill one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Totally. So I, I'm pumped. Uh, we're going to get the snuggler as a joker. So <laughs> who can hate that? <laughs> Sweet. Well, there we go. That nope. was it, man. Yeah, no after, listener after feedback. After all that crazy listener feedback last week, yeah. and like we just talked at length about all kinds of stuff, everyone was like, done, over with. Let's give it a break for a little bit. Yeah. So, cool, guys. It's, so, it's a good week for it. We'll wrap it's it up nice kind of early this yeah, week. So. It is all good. Yeah. So, uh, we'll see what happens over the next week. You know, little tidbits as they come, and we we just get ever closer to the release of Batman v Superman and more magical things happening in the DC universe, but most specifically in the Batman universe. That's right. So, thank you for joining us. As always, make sure that you do check out all of the other podcasts and articles and features on the thebatmanuniverse.net. should be your one-stop shop for all Batman things all the time, except for when you want another podcast. Then check out Holy Batcast. Hey. <laughs> you slide down. Thanks. Uh, so you can check out my other show, Holy Batcast, uh, where I get to dive a little bit deeper into specific Batman subjects. We just did an episode about Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. So if you're a fan of that film, which you should be if you're a Batman fan, you can check that out and hear us dissect it. And then uh, something else in the works. Think, yeah. I'm not sure what yet. We've got a well, few I know, on deck. I, I know one thing in the works that maybe out later next year is uh, your voice audition tape uh, for voiceover right, work. Right, right. Potential. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in there foley work because I bet you do some sweet foley work <laughs> on top of it. I'm, I'm sure I do. Yeah, I bet you do. I do. I, I really just step on potato chips and it's like I'm walking in the forest. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah. Hey, that's that is necessary in a lot of a lot of media all around. So absolutely, that's all good, man. So. so so look for that when that yeah. comes out. Yeah. We're warming up to Fun it. Fun things to look I'm pressuring him to. into it. It's going to happen. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> so No one does. Yeah, so there you go. Again, thank you for downloading the show. Please uh, join us next time. So on behalf of Jamie, I have been Andy. This has been The Batman Universe. The Batman Universe is not affiliated with Warner Brothers or DC Entertainment. The thoughts and opinions expressed by the participants are theirs and theirs alone and do not represent the companies or organizations that they happen to work for. But thanks for joining us for this episode, and we will see you around Gotham. This has been the annoying Batman universe. <laughs> and this as is, always, it's been our pleasure to annoy to you. To annoy the crap out of you. This has been... Please, please enjoy. Annoyance Town. The Batman. I feel like it's like a version of Office Space. It's like, it's a, it's an hour-long show, but I feel like in a, in a given week, we only do about five minutes yeah, of real, real hard Batman solid. news. Yeah, like I couldn't even... This week, it's like I couldn't even... I was trying to... I don't know, be random and have fun, but it just there's like nothing. It's, okay. just, it's so I'm exhausted from the lack of stuff. Me too. We need stuff, man. Oh gosh. All right. <laughs>